Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't we so blessed to have such wonderful people in our church, in our body, with such wonderful gifts, with such wonderful charisma. We love the fools, we love Ruth, and we love uh, Sue and Beth and all they bring. It's wonderful. And we're, you know, I, I, I don't think I speak for myself, and actually I, I feel such anticipation from heaven about us as a body. I feel such an excitement from heaven about where we're going and what we've got and what God is going to be doing through us as a people through FBC, which is, which is incredibly exciting. And we, we've got to partner our faith with that as well. We've got to partner our faith with what God wants to do, his nature, his goodness, because he just, he just loves to do good things with his people, which is wonderful. So, good morning to you all. My name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here at FBC. Um, I'm going to be sharing a short message with you in, in a while. We'll be carrying on our, our series on Ephesians. But first, I want to share a few, few bit of testimonies for you. I think, if, for one, it's, it's, for me, I just want to emphasize it's so important that we, we stay connected with one another. It's so important we c- contact one another, we hear one another, and it's, we're so grateful for technology, right? Otherwise, this wouldn't even be possible right now. And we are so grateful for phone calls and all this kind of stuff. And one thing I was thinking about, and I want to encourage you in, and encourage us as a body to go into, is that phone calls are great. Phone calls are, are needed and necessary. And and we can relate that to our relationship with Jesus. We can relate that to our relationship with God, that phone calls are amazing. We love speaking to him. We love hearing from him. We love his voice. And, but that is not the end. The end, there is so much more. There is, the end is not the phone call. The end is his presence. Okay? And so for us as a body, we've got to remember, not just go for his voice. We love his voice, but we look for his presence. We seek his presence. We engage his presence because actions speak louder than words, don't they? So for us as a body, us as a people, in this time, it'll be... It'd be such a, it'd be sad if we don't use this quarantine opportunity to come out the other end shining even more than we already do. Are you with me? And just some more personal news for you from the Ayrton family. For those of you that don't know, we're expecting our second child in November, which we're ex- excited about, um, and we're praying and preparing for all that kind of stuff. So we'd value your prayers. Um, another testimony I wanted to share with you very quickly was just something that happened in, in Fleet, the local neighbourhood, believe it or not, in lockdown. With all the restrictions in place, there are testimonies that still happen, and we know we've heard from some of you guys with testimonies. And I want to share something that happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I was out getting petrol, as you do, and I, I, and I decided to put a podcast in my ears, and I was listening to this podcast, and I was just really, really enjoying it. I was, I was really liking it. A friend sent it to me, and I was coming back. And as I was coming back, I drove into my neighbourhood, and I saw one of my neighbours out, um, just late one evening, just standing by our front door. And as I'm driving in, I see my, my phone with a podcast on it. It's on this thing. It's on, its, on the, whatever it is, the grip for the car. And I see the podcast almost come out of the phone and just hover over the top of this lady. And I'm like, and it happens in a, a very a, a blink of an eye. And I just I pay a little bit of attention to it. I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting. And I could have moved on. But I thought, you know what, let's, let's try this out. So I get out of the car and I make a conversation with her. And I, I say to her, look, I'm, I'm a Christian and I work for a local church and, and part of that for me is, is being in relationship with God and, and practicing hearing the voice of God. And do you mind if I share with you what I feel like he's, he's told me to share with you? And she says, yeah. But beforehand, I did give her a bit of a disclaimer because I said, look, this is, you don't have to answer this because it, it's, it's quite a deep question. It's quite a personal question because I felt what God had, would show me was is quite personal. So I said, look, feel free, don't, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, if it's too, too invasive, you don't have to answer it. But she said she was very open, and she, she said she was very responsive. She said, wow, that's amazing. How did you, how did you know that? And so I just kind of ministered her. I said that Jesus loves her. We all did it at a distance, don't worry. Um, and and she, I just ministered her and told her that God loves her and that, that God can speak to her and God wants to know her. And she was just really moved by this simple, simple 
thing that God had given me to give to her, like on a 10 o'clock on a whatever night it was. And as I walked away, she said, oh, it's, it's, it's clear to see that you're close with God. And I thought, what a compliment. You know, I, I, would, I wouldn't say I'm close with God to, as such because I know how much further we can get to him. But what a compliment that is. And for me, I want to just encourage you guys as well that we love spending time with God, spend time with his presence, but don't just keep it into a 10 minute on a, on a Sunday morning or a 20 minutes on a Sunday morning or an hour on a Monday morning. Just let it invade into every area and every element of your day because that's what he wants because we're called to walk constantly in dwelling, holding his hand, walking in union with him constantly, which is what he wants is what our, our hearts really want deep down. So before I move on, we're going to go into Ephesians, but I want to pray really quickly for us that are tuning in. I'm going to pray that God will just bless you with his presence, bless you with revelation and wisdom. So let's pray together. Jesus, we we love you. We honour you. We honour your presence. We honour your your sacrifice and your death on the cross, Father, and we rejoice in your resurrection. And Father, we ask that you would comfort all those that are mourning in this season. We ask that you would bring joy and hope to those in this season of, of those who are in mourning. We pray wisdom and revelation over our government, over our people, over our councils. And as we speak, an end in the name of Jesus to this virus. And Father, I ask that you protect those you love, you protect your, this, this world that you died to give your life for. And we ask, Father, for FBC, you would continue to make us a kingdom church. We would continue to be blessed by your presence. You would invade our homes like never before with your love, with your grace, with your presence. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So Ephesians 4, we're going to go straight into it. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 6. And Ephesians 4 is actually more well known for the fivefold ministry, so, but we're not going to go into that today. You, I'd encourage you to look at it. The fivefold ministry is talking about the certain gifts that the church has, like the pastors, the prophets, the evangelists, etc., etc. So I'd encourage you to have a look at that, but we're not going to look at that specifically today. So let's read from verse 1 and Ephesians 4 together. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all and living through all which is amazing isn't it that's that's the call of the father that's the cry of the father for us as a body for us as a church a global church to live in unity and oneness with each other and to, to clothe ourselves with humility and gentleness and these are all characteristics that he wants us to be manifesting in a way we think in the way they operate daily in every single way and in John 17, Jesus is about to be crucified, and he's got this amazing prayer. The whole chapter is the prayer of his, his prayer. And in that prayer, he says, Father, make them one as you and I are one. And one thing I just want to share with you a little bit that happened to me before I even read this verse, before I even knew what this verse was talking about. I was having a time of worship a couple of weeks ago before doing any prep for this. And I, I, I was taken into this kind of encounter, vision, whatever you want to call it, this sense Oh, this, this, this thing that I was seeing and what I was experiencing and what I was seeing and hearing was this call from this father, this voice crying out, this voice from heaven crying out saying, inviting people into holiness, 
inviting people to enter into a greater level of holiness because some of you are, some of you do, but there's a greater level. I felt the call of God over me, me and my family, over this church as a family, for us to enter into a greater level of holiness. And that's why I want to highlight the first line of this verse where it says, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. And in that is a process of becoming holy because we know that Jesus, by his death and resurrection, has made us holy by the blood of the Lamb. But that doesn't mean we can neglect the daily, the daily walk we must do in holiness and the choices we can make in holiness and spending time within the holy of holies and letting that just infuse our, our, our beings in, in that way. But equally, there's a call for us as a body, there's a call for us as a family to enter into a greater level of holiness. And that, that could be another word used for repentance because repentance means transformation. Repentance means change the way you think. Repentance means look the other way. Repentance means do something different. So for us as a body, I want to encourage us. Let's, let's have a cry of a heart to change me, oh God. Make us more like you. And I want to remove this stigma over our thinking, over our hearts, and even over your experiences, because for so many of us, we've heard this word repent, and we've shunned, we've shivered, we've ran away, and we don't want to be anywhere near this word repent, because we, it just reminds us, it's reminded me of guilt and shame, of all the things of how bad a person I am. When actually, I want to introduce you a new way of thinking towards repentance. I want to introduce you a way of repentance, which is exciting. That we get excited to repent. We get excited to enter into transformation because a repentance is an invitation into transformation. And when we accept that invitation into transformation, we take a transformation process into looking more like Jesus. Are you with me? So every time we are called to repent, we're called to take on humility and gentleness and all these other things that we're talking about and we read in the Bible. We should receive it with joy and we should receive it with excitement because we know that repentance is an invitation that leads to transformation. And that transformation leads us into what? Everything that we go through, I believe, has the possibility and the role to lead us to look more like Jesus. To look more like Christ, to act more like Jesus. Who himself is the essence of joy. Who himself is the essence of love. Who himself is the essence of peace. Where he is, there is no fear. So why wouldn't you want to repent? Why wouldn't we? What if we had a mindset toward repentance where we wake up every single day and we're just wanting to be continually transformed? And for us, we know it's, it's sometimes instantaneous. I can testify that as a 16-year-old boy, I went forward for ministry and I was completely changed in a blink of an eye in, in some areas. But there's one thing I was wrestling with that he just completely wiped off me. I was completely done. But then we know as Christians, and that can happen, but we know as Christians, often it's a process. And God is the God of the process. You know, you read through the length that it took Moses or Joseph or Abraham to do these things. It takes years and years and years and years. You ask God for a tree, he'll give you a seed. That kind of thing. He loves the process. But for us, it means being intentional. It means being hungry and having excitement and joy for it. Not to be afraid to leave the former things behind. Because sometimes it means we have to leave things that we're comfortable with. Leave things that give us joy. Leave, I'd say joy. Leave things that, just, that we're comfortable with and we don't want to lose. I'm going to read from John 12, 24. I'm just going to read it to you because it's a bit shorter. John 12, 24. Let me make this clear. A single grain of wheat will never be more than a single grain of wheat unless it drops into the ground and dies because then it sprouts and produces a great harvest of wheat all because of one grain. I'm going to read that last bit again. Because then it sprouts and produces a great harvest of wheat all because, of one, gra- all because one grain died. And in the Bible, in the New Testament, Jesus says that the way to life is by death. It's by, it's by going on the lower seat. It's by not exalting yourself. The he's that exalted himself that won't be exalted, but the one who takes the low seat, the one who goes low and slow, is the one that's going to be lifted up. And through Jesus' death on a cross and the way he postured his life, 
He was exalted into the highest place because he took the lowest path. Are you with me? And for some of us in this, this form of repentance, that we, we need to remove this thinking of this sadness to lose things. And some, of course, we, we don't want to be, we don't want to get too intense with all of this. But it's, it's partnering with the Holy Spirit because there's different things for different people that, are, that harm each other differently, if that makes sense. It's, it's being wise to partner with the Holy Spirit. And you know, when God prunes, things grow. We as a church have been through a, a tough season. There's no lie about that. We've been through a tough season. We've lost loved ones. But equally, we know that when God prunes, that's when greater growth comes. Those are gardeners that know that when you, there's a necessity for pruning because that has mean that greater growth, greater growth is coming. And for us, we have an opportunity here, not just in lockdown, but as a church and as a body, to lay a foundation here of entering into a repentance, entering into a mindset and a heart of change as though God continue to transform us. You know, before Jesus' arrival, the main words that you could hear was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And for us, it's about identifying those things within us that may, they may hinder that and may hinder us from missing it out, missing out on it. So for us, let's, let's carry on reading Ephesians 4.20, a bit further up line. This should be on the screen for us all. And it says this, But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. We're going to put on a new nature, FBC. We're going to put on a new nature. And like I say, some of us are on different levels of this walk, regardless of where you are in your spiritual walk, let's put on a new nature together, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And you know, for me, I in my life and talking about this process that I spoke about just two minutes back, this process can sometimes be frustrating. And sometimes it's annoying because you want to do it, you want to be free, you want to get through these patterns of thinking, you want to change these neuron pathways in your head. And it's just so frustrating because you keep going round and round and round in circles, you don't really feel like you're going anywhere. But I want to highlight this, this line here for you that is the key for us to walk in that process and get there quicker and to advance in there and to be successful in this process, which is this word here. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. It's not let yourself renew your thoughts and attitudes, but let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, which takes intentionality, which takes sitting down with the Holy Spirit and saying, Holy Spirit, renew my thoughts. Let me be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Help me to take every thought captive. Help me to take everything captive. Because we know that Jesus judged not from appearance, but by people's thoughts and heart postures, right? Therefore, our righteousness is not judged by what we do in actions, but our righteousness is judged by what is going on inside of us. And for me, this isn't to condemn you. This is, this is again, this is an excitement for us as a body to step into life and life more abundantly because we get, and we know as we enter into become more like Jesus, we enter into life and life more abundantly. That is why it's exciting. That is why this is a joy path that we are going on right now. And you know, coming back to the feeling impossible, and for those of you that are saying, Nathan, I've tried this, I'm doing this, I'm really, I'm really, really trying. Let me tell you a story in Luke 18. You've got the story of the rich young ruler Okay, and that's the famous verse where Jesus says it's easier for a camel to fit for the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go to heaven. And the people respond, well, hold on, then who, who then can go to heaven? And Jesus responds, what is impossible with God is, not pos is possible with 
What is impossible with man is not possible, is possible with God. Sorry, I got there in the end. Okay, so he's basically saying that nothing is impossible with God. Okay, you then move on to the chapter later. Jesus is entering into a town, he's doing a teaching, and then he finds a man up a tree. He's not just any man up a tree, he's a rich man up a tree. And we know, if you know the story of Zacchaeus, we know that Zacchaeus encounters Jesus. Jesus says, I'm coming to your home, and that man is going into the kingdom of God right there. So he fulfills that impossibility. So if we know, yes, it is impossible by our own efforts to become like Jesus. We know it is impossible by our own good deeds or whatever it may be to become like Jesus, but with the rich spirits renewing and with God's in breaking the impossible nature, it is completely possible. And you know, for us as a church, if we're truly hungry and we're truly serious about setting a foundation in this church of moving forward that's going to bless our gen the generations below us and it's going to bless this town and it's going to be a move of God like nobody's ever seen before. If we're serious about that, there needs to be intentionality in place. There needs to be disciplines. There needs to be things that we are doing differently. There needs to be a stepping up that we, we need to encounter, we need to embrace, and we need to go with and partner with the Spirit because we know that revivals and moves of God don't just have to happen randomly. Revivals and moves of God don't happen by accident. They are laid, there's a foundation of prayer, of fasting, of discipline, of just crying out to God day and night. Are you with me? These things don't happen by accident. There's a, there's a stepping up that needs to happen. So I want to call us as a body, myself as a body, my family as a body, this church as a body. I want to ask you to accept the invitation. Partner with the Holy Spirit. Say, what can I do? What can I do? What does it look like? And if you're taking away the need for revival, you're taking, taking away the need for God himself. Because God is revival. Wherever he is, there is freedom. Wherever he is, there is glory. Wherever he is, there is healing. Wherever he is, there is deliverance. There is life. Amen? So for us, even if we're just calling for God's indwelling place to, to come and be manifest in this atmosphere, we're calling for revival because the two just exist together. And that's something that we need to be ready for. And for us as a people as well, and it's one thing I... I've identified with in the past. I'm not trying to show that I'm further ahead than any of you, but it's the way that we pray prayers. You know, there's a bit quote by Bill Johnson that says that, prayer that don't, prayers that don't move you won't move him. And I completely get that. I completely get that. If, if you've got a friend or someone in your relationship to, or if you're, you're a boss of a, a company and you've got employees coming to you, coming to you and just saying, being robotic and being like, hello, yes, um, Yes, you're good, you're nice, please do this, please do that. There's, there's, there's going to be a completely different response and a, a response from the Father. If your heart is hungry, if your heart is authentic, if your heart is real, you read through the Psalms of David. And you read in the Chronicles what Jesus did. David says, I will not offer to God that which has cost me nothing. So for church, I want to, I want to encourage you encourage you. No matter how new you are to this, no matter how long you've been doing this, I want to encourage you. Pray big prayers. Be authentic. Be real. And if you don't have a hungry heart for it, pray that you will have a hungry heart for it. Pray that you will have a hungry heart for the kingdom of God to be manifest in this place. Because for me, and I believe us as a church leadership, we don't want to just build another, we don't want to be a part of another church system. There's enough of them. We want to have a kingdom-oriented culture within this place, within this body, within this church. So you need to pray and pray for us as a church. We can pray moving forward, pray for the leadership, pray for the elders, pray for us as pastors, that we would just be infused by the kingdom of God and that would just change and be released into everything that we touch and everything that we think and everything that we do as a church, everything that we do as FBC church will be kingdom. We won't just create another church formula that's just done and there's nothing wrong with them. We know God loves the church. He died for the church. But for us, we have an opportunity and we need to pray for this opportunity to be disciplined in this opportunity 
to say, Father, your will be done, not ours. Would you, your kingdom come? Would this church be a, a, a product of your kingdom on earth? So what does that look like? I want to encourage you, set timers, get up earlier, go to beg later, spend more time in worship, call for people to pray for you, whatever it may be, call people to pray together. You know, you are responsible for your own spirituality. If you're looking just to be fed every Sunday, you're going to go hungry. You need to feed yourself every single day. Listen to podcasts, whatever it may be. And again, partner with the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, what can I do? What can I do to contribute in this way? What are you calling me to do? If it's a fast, go for a fast. I love fasting. I'll encourage you to fast in any way, shape or form because I just feel it affects the spiritual atmosphere like never before. I'll encourage you to do it, whether it's your, your phone, internet, whatever it may be. I'll encourage you to do it. But go with obedience to the Holy Spirit. One more, one more chapter for us to read, but we're going to go in Hosea right now, which is Hosea 10, 12. I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you'll harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts, for now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. Church, I believe this is an invitation. And I believe the invitation doesn't just go for us, it goes out for the whole, 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 whole body of Christ. But for us, I believe we've got an opportunity to accept it and to go with it and to step up that we would, God, we would receive God's shower of righteousness. We would receive his shower of his kingdom coming. But for us, I believe there needs to be intentionality in place for us to do that. There needs to be a dying to self in place. We should constantly be looking to repent, to grow, to change, that our hearts would be, change me, O oh God. That our hearts would be that of David's that hearts would be this one thing I ask for, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and that the posture of his heart was as the deer pants for the water, so my soul it thirsts for you. Now that is deep and that is authentic and that is heart posture right there. So I pray and I declare over you, church, that you would receive the heart of David and you would receive the heart of a hungry person crying out for more because we know the hungry get fed. And for those of you who have been crying out for more for a long time, I feel you, I hear you, but don't give up. For those of you who keep praying the same prayer over and over, don't give up and apply your faith with it. Apply your faith with it. Change your, your prayers from, Lord, I, I, I really want to encounter this too. Thank you, Father, I'm going to encounter this. Let your faith partner with these things in moving forward because there's so much great things to come, not just for us as a nation, but for us as a church. And church, I am so excited. My face may not always say that. I need to smile more, don't I? But I am so excited, so, so excited for what is in store for us as a church. But that, team, that needs a partnering with the Holy Spirit needs a partnering with us to be to humble ourselves and say, actually, I'm not the finished article. I need to change. I need to, I need to develop. I need to grow. I want to hear God's voice more clearly. Whatever it may be, that requires humility on our part and recognize we're not the finished article. We're not completely there yet. And you know, God loves to partner with us in our growth. God loves to partner with us in all these areas. So have hope, have joy, receive it with gladness. Receive it with gladness as he transforms you, as he transforms us as a body, that we would be a kingdom body in fleet for all the world to see, that we would, heaven would be attracted to us as a body, that what happens in this place. So pray for us as leaders, pray for us as a body as we move forward. And I just want to release a prophetic verse over us as a church, if that's all right. And again, this is, I'm just going to read this to you. I'm going to speak this over us as a body which again, I, feel, I believe God put on my heart just to release over you and release over us. And it's Song of Solomon's 2.10. And it says, My beloved spoke and said to me, 
Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. See, the winter is past and the rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth, the season of singing has come, the cooing of doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its early fruit, the blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. I believe that's an invitation to us as the bride of Christ. You know, in Revelation 22, 22, it says the spirit and the bride say, come. There's an invitation, church. There's an invitation into transformation and holiness, but there's an invitation into the most secret place. There's an invitation to the most secret place that God has made open to his, his, his children. And for us, that is the greatest transforming place by his side, at his feet, learning from him. You look at what it took the disciples in three years to transform what they were, just from fishermen to apostles to prophets, whatever they were whatever they became. So friends, transformation comes through the person of Jesus, through the spirit of Jesus, and let's partner together with him as we move forward. Are we excited? Are we happy? Are we ready? It's about being ready, church, and we need to be ready. And we need us as a, as a leadership and elders to be ready. And we need to be praying for that. So set your timers, set, set reminders in your calendars to pray, to pray, to pray. Pray big prayers. Worship, worship your heart out. And, do, and just again, like I say, let the Holy Spirit lead you because he loves you, he's with you, that's a promise, it's impossible for you to be alone and he wants to help you, he wants to counsel you, he wants to lead you. And if, if you as a body, you don't know what to do, get in contact with us, we want to help you, we want to lead you and that's, that's, our, that's our joy as leaders of this church, it's our joy to help you grow, it's a joy to help you see you transform, it's a joy to help you grow into all that God created you to be. We haven't got all the answers but we've, well, I'm sure we've certainly got the faith for it. So have a wonderful rest of the day. We've got prayer meeting tonight at 6 p.m. Um, we'll be back. We've got all lots of different bits going on in the week, but we're here again same time next week. Say hello to one another. Say goodbye to one another. Keep connecting with one another. We love you. We appreciate you. And we're excited for where we're going. Have a wonderful, wonderful day in Jesus' name. Amen.